0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brothers and sisters, welcome to episode 16 of The Convo um, entitled Mar- Marriage, Taqwa and Maturity. This is the second part, second installment in our two-part uh, series on the topic. Um, so we have Sister Dalia that will be, inshallah, joining us for a second time. Um, inshallah, in today's Uh, episode we have a chat about uh, some issues continuing on from the last episode uh, but we really want to focus on what the title itself suggests so maturity um, and the ideal age for marriage apparently there are not enough good guys (laughs) in the community so we want to have a chat about that
1: i think we specifically also want to narrow it down a bit more to the youth side of things as well um, and sort of concentrate these uh, discussions towards that Mm -hmm. as well
0: so inshallah uh, on the other side of this quick intro we will catch you for the 16th time
1: Jazakallah khair. Um, thank you very much for being with us once again. Um, so let's uh, introduce our guest once again. We've had her on before, but Sister Dalia Ayoub once again graces us with her esteemed presence. Jazakallah khair. Thank you very much for deciding to join us again.
2: Salaam alaikum, brothers and thank you for having me.
1: Not a problem at all. Look, um, we really wanted to get down to some of the details of what we unfortunately weren't able to, To discuss last time, you know, at the end, I'm sure you recall that we were saying to ourselves that there was so much more we could have spoken about. So we thought, well, if there was so much more, let's just talk again, inshallah. Um, So let's get into it. Um, There's a few issues that we wanted to talk about. Mm. um, And one of them was about what's the ideal sort of age or I I guess, yeah, we can stick with age. What's the ideal age to get married? Because we know that Islamically, we are encouraged to marry young. Right. We know that that's a given. But at the same time, we understand that, especially in today's day and age, being, quote unquote, ready for marriage when someone is young may be somewhat difficult. So what can we say about that? What can we what sort of angle can we take on being young, also being ready and all the kind of complications that could come with that?
2: Um, this concept of uh, marrying young comes from the prophetic hadith Sahih, where the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, speaking to the shabab, to the you know, youth of the ummah, uh, يا معشر من استطاع منكم الباء or youth, you know, uh, you know, groups of young people basically The ones who are able to get married young من So that's obviously a clear um, encouragement from the Prophet wasallam For people to um, marry uh, the, the, the word that I think gets lost in this hadith is the alba'a Alba'a in Arabic means, alba'a uh, is Arabic word obviously Alba'a yeah. means ability, qudra that's how it's. If you go into uh, the text and understand the Hadith, the Qudra, and the Ulama went into saying, what is the Qudra? What is the ability? Mm. Because the Prophet is saying the marriage. If you can, the ability. You know, did, you mean, did you mean? Did you
0: mean استطاعة instead of است...
2: قدر? Yeah, استطاعة. ما استنا no, استطاعة ما من استطاعة منكم الباءة. Uh, sorry al ba'a is like the the one who has ability minista'a yes, sorry sorry mm. sta'a so The is the so thank you for correction no <laughs> it's been a long day alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah so yeah the one who can ba'a fa but even the word akhi ba'a is not just uh ba'a uh, means circumstantial ba'a like means something like qudra in arabic
0: okay. it doesn't
2: just mean you know fa so there is so, what is the ability? What, what does it mean that someone is able to get married and yeah. someone is not able to get married? So, that's something that I, I just want to start with by, by reflecting on. So, uh, the, the ulama said, um, and again, from research, this is mm. not my own words, al Qudra and the ability is based on three things. The first, obviously, we're excluding the fact that they have to be Muslim, mature, like we're assuming that this is a given. Yeah, so the ability is physical ability. Secondly, the financial ability. Thirdly, is emotional and mental ability. Mm,
1: okay. I think those so are. That is, yeah. one, that,
2: that is one hadith that says that. We have to look into this hadith now, and there's another hadith that complements this hadith, which gives me the criteria. Mm. Um, the Prophet ﷺ said, mm. The one that comes to you with khuluq and deen, zawiju. So now we've got a criteria of five things. Very clear, very mm. clear, subhanAllah. The criteria, so it has nothing to do with age, but it's synthesized. If you meet the criteria, if you meet those five, this is when you should be considering marriage. Ad-deen, we've got deen from yep. the hadith, we've got, which is the, you know, uh, Islam and deen yep, and the yep. of that. Yeah, uh, we've got the character, akhlaq, and we've got ability financially, ability physically, and ability mentally and emotionally. If a person meets those five, and these are all from based on the hadith, they're not based from any person who's been researching for 25 years, or, the Prophet yep, yep. this is the prophetic, criteria these 5 give me, i have to look at those 5 if i'm 15 and i meet those 5 then I can get married. If I am 50 or 20 or 30 or 25 or whatever age, as long as we're meeting the criteria, because the ummah, brothers and sisters, is not in lack of more marriages. We are in lack of more healthy, good Muslim households that can revive this ummah, that can create goodness in society, not create more issues, not create more Mm. kids with psychological traumas and whatnot. So if you're unable to meet those five, um you know, that basically yeah. that, that is the main criteria. Let's
1: maybe then throw a cat amongst the pigeons. Like you're absolutely right. Like it seems like, yep, those five criteria are there and we can settle that. That's pretty fair. I don't think many would have uh, any kind of serious um, disagreements with them. But then what about the whole ready part of it? Because especially in today's day and age, Like, when is someone actually financially ready? What does that mean? Because our society is so difficult to operate in financially. So where does that come into play? In fact, Sydney is one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in. And so what do you actually mean by readiness? Like, does that mean that you can just afford the basics and scrape through? Or does it mean that you're living a comfortable life or luxurious? Like, where do we draw the line there? Because someone could very easily say, no, you're not ready. When someone else can say themselves, no, I do feel that I am financial already, there could be some disagreements there.
2: Yeah, absolutely And again That's where Uruf comes in That's mm. where um, uh, uh, You know that, that, that What we've Basic it's, it's These things With marriage Subhanallah The Prophet Salaam Salaam. Yani, The way he approached it It was It's phenomenal Because I studied The hadith in detail Like each word Was weighed So yep, yep. amazingly That it wasn't Uttered out of nothing So there was actually No criteria There was no criteria say, For what what does Financial ability mean What does uh, uh, You know Physical ability mm. mean It's really case by case and that's something sometimes we unfortunately want black and white um, yep. for somebody's financial readiness. Like it depends, like for me and for my husband, when we got married um, 17 years ago, alhamdulillah, that was for him to be able to, because the nafaqa, you know, for him to be ready to mar- for marriage, the qawama includes that he's able to yinfiq on me, right? So mm. that includes um, shelter, paying for, a, for rent, yep, yep. a house and paying for food, weekly food and clothing. Okay so my husband actually just ticked those those boxes because mm. we weren't living in a big house we're living yep. in a little, one bedroom house we could only the kitchen was like just space either for <laughs> me or him to be in the kitchen it was that tiny yeah but i think again, a lot of else, newly
1: married couples can uh, definitely sympathize yeah, with that right. reality yep <laughs>
2: Subhanallah and that was you know that was for, for him that was what he was able to offer And I accepted that because that wasn't on my top criteria like finances wealth mm. that wasn't what I wanted but it's So okay you weren't asking
1: to, for a six bedroom house story. triple story yeah, yeah, Lamborghini a, all of that but
2: if, if a sister wants that okay we have to say haram and halal it's not yep. haram If she wants that by the way So uh, the Prophet it's, did it's to totally
1: al- okay salam. for a sister to yeah, say yeah, I want a triple story house
2: uh, if she, that's what makes her okay. happy Because if that's what she wants it's yeah. like, We can't say it's haram However, with mm. that we say The Prophet ﷺ said that أَقَلُّ مُهُورًا أَكْثَرُ بركة. The ones with the least mahir of you Hadith عن Aisha رضي الله عنها yeah. Are the ones with great barakah Because if a three Like really who wants a, Like if somebody wants a three bedroom Story house, whatever And yeah. they feel like happiness Is going to come from that That's a lot there going on But again, can we say it's haram That they want yeah, that? Yeah, I get what you're not. saying Yeah but um, And that's what I was saying earlier, subhanAllah, about how the wording of the hadith is phenomenal. Because even with the hadith where the Prophet said, man, يعني, the one, man ataku man wa deena. if you are pleased, a rida here is, is is different from one person to another. Because somebody could say, what is the criteria of khuluq? Mm. What is the standard of deen? If I'm yeah, not true, okay yeah. For example to, Yeah So Allah The Prophet is essentially saying Whatever you are okay with Whatever pleases you You've got that space mm. You have to know what it's you want almost It's almost as if okay. if,
0: the, if the two families Are to come to an agreement That's more important Than any Single criteria That you might You know Mandate
2: Absolutely And we're unfortunately Usually fixated on Like as if it's, like, it's So black and white But if For, for example again Giving my personal example i never wanted to marry someone For example One of the criteria Is with khuluq and deen This goes under khuluq and deen Somebody yep. who smokes For example
1: yeah. I did not want
2: to marry someone So again Some people are okay with that regardless whether it's halal, haram, like some people are okay with that. So, but for me that was important that the person I'm going to marry was not a smoker, right? That's one of the Mm. criteria. But again, it's about what you want. You have to know what you want to be able to um, get into this marriage. So really, essentially, it's not about age, it's about readiness. It's about Mm. readiness. When are you mature enough? When are you ready enough? And these things, you know, nowadays as you mentioned, rightfully, subhanAllah, Sydney is so expensive. So the basic needs, the ability to provide the basic needs, not too much luxury, not, you know, Beneath, uh, you know, living standard living uh, standard living conditions. I think that would be a fair uh, assessment. Inshallah,
1: yeah. and usually, generally speaking, that comes at a certain age. Obviously, everyone's different, but I guess we can sort of understand that when someone starts working, when they've got a job, then you can start to look at okay, that idea of readiness, not necessarily connected to the age, because as you said, it could come earlier, could come later. But that's the kind of way yeah. that we see it operating in our society.
2: Yeah, and subhanAllah, like reflecting on the Sahaba And the Sahabiyat, um, you know, ages of marriages I was actually looking Mm. at a few Some married at 40, some married at 16 Some Mm. married at uh, 25, some married at 50 So that was acceptable Like although the Prophet did recommend that You do marry young if you can That does not mean the entire of the, you know uh, Ansari community and Muhajirin went and got married Mm. Because there were conditions, there was readiness So we we don't take things again black and white We have to understand things into context Marriage, what is the ultimate purpose of marriage? The ultimate purpose of marriage love and mercy and sakina peace if i am unable to provide that sakina at any stage in my life and you know i'm going to now get into this relationship with somebody that is going to create more issues for me Mm. and for that person then that's where i need to reflect on you know this issue of marriage in the first
0: place um with with that age thing um doesn't really come specifically from age but there is a notion I made reference to in uh, at the introduction of the the podcast that there seems to be an overrepresentation of young women on the on the single scene. Um, I've heard this a lot. I've heard it from my own siblings, yes. yeah, my I've sisters. I've heard in the community. It can't be just me. Like it's got, it's got to be something bigger than because I've heard it in many places. Um, but this notion that where are the good guys of today? Yeah. Where have they disappeared so, I, to? I've
1: heard it a lot as well, but. I I don't know like is it a misreading of reality because everyone says but then I've heard other people say no there's plenty of young brothers available they just you know we just got to match them up and things like that so I don't know I'm actually unsure is it actually the case that there's a lack of good ready so to speak young brothers and there's an abundance of sisters or are we misreading things?
2: Well, I think with the, with that, you, you brothers can tell me where are the brothers. I actually don't know. I don't know <laughs> I either. <laughs> <laughs> so you should know where the brothers are. I don't know where the brothers are. You so know. If you don't know, does that
1: mean like- that there's a shortage? <laughs> yeah. Because you're you operate okay, in the field, share, so
2: yeah. Uh, from from my perspective, so my answer would be from my perspective and mm. my experience with the sisters. So I work with sisters, alhamdulillah, yeah. and like I'm heavily involved with the sisters community. So what I see, this is my reflection, and you may correct me. This might mm. be the case or not, but I see a few things. For them. I did I do hear that. I hear that from sisters all the time. Where are the good men? You know, I'm now in my mid late thirties and, you know, there's, there's, you know, I want to get married and there's no one. Um, subhanAllah, that has been, uh, are my standards too high? So some sisters start reflecting on themselves and feeling guilty about maybe Mm. my standards are so high. And when you ask her, what are your standards? She said, somebody who just prays and fasts and has good and and character. And so it's not really that criteria that you would say it's, it's too much. Mm. So from my, um, Experience And what I think, I do believe that there is um, a bit of a gap between brothers and sisters generally. Again, this is a generalization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's look at the when you go to any conference, for example, any Muslim Islamic conference, you would find at least 70-80% of the oh, audience are
1: females. 100%, yep.
2: You know, um, yeah. the halakat, like in my halakat now, like uh, we've got, you know, under life matters, we I had 10 halakat, very few halakat for brothers when we started, you know, offering these. When we're when I did this Quran program where you're getting your ijazah and you're doing a Quran tertil one-on-one with teachers, my husband was actually advertising as heavily as I was. Mm. He only had five brothers want to join. I had, uh, you know, countless numbers of sisters. Is that because so you have
0: a better public profile, maybe?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: he does he have also, like he's quite, yeah, he's quite, yeah, he does have his connections, <laughs> mashallah, and his yep. network. Uh, um, on a different level so but again they're not interested he was speaking to a lot of brothers one on one and they're like we're just too busy we're, there's always that uh, so the, the sisters have generally subhanallah more interest in seeking knowledge and ilm, and yeah. when you do that that increases your you know standards by default that mm. does subhanallah because you're also aware um, of what I'm,
1: you can be looking for and what you should expect exactly. and all that kind of thing and that's totally legitimate
2: Exactly. So you find like, you know, I've got a halaqa that I've been running for the last eight years. Most of the 90% of the guys on those hala- in, the, in these halakhas in my halaqa are, are not like a lot of them are not married. Hmm. And they all have high degrees. They all have high, you know, you, Alhamdulillah, they're well off. They're educated. They're uh, uh, religious. They're like, they take all the boxes. And subhanallah, they're just unable to find the match that meet. I don't know. So that's so where are the guys?
1: Like, where are they? So, my other,
2: my other um, you know, uh, uh, reflection on this, last yeah. year in Ramadan, post-Ramadan, I realized, subhanAllah, that I want to help the sisters that are not married to yeah. get married, especially sisters who, um, you know, uh, anyway, so I actually did, I, I never do this matchmaking stuff, but I thought the least I can do is if I can connect people together, mm. why not, like, you know, so I did ask, you know, that I've got, I actually did write a list of 30 sisters who are eligible for marriage, amazing woman, some single, mm. some divorced, some with kids, some without kids. And then I was actually shocked personally. Like this is mm. a personal experience at the quality of brothers that were, you know, they all want to get married. But honestly, wait, wait, like, wait, is high or my, low
0: quality? My... She
2: was uh, she was no, shocked I, about I, I how high the
0: quality I was.
2: <laughs> I, I don't judge. So how, like not from all these sisters, not one actually got married from this experiment. Oh, not wow. One, not one was so what, actually, 30 not one, odd
1: ha- and not one?
2: 30 sisters wow. and I had tons of lot. brothers contact me and I would contact them so the idea yep. was you have to go speak to the parents to make mm-hmm. this halal but yep. I'm just going to connect you I have no idea about either of you mm. I'm just connecting you yeah. right and it, w- it was interesting the feedback from the sisters Honestly, in a nutshell, and I'm really—it's actually embarrassing to say this. Like, mm. there is a unrealistic standard of beauty that men are looking for. Apparently, that's that's what honestly I could, mm, you know, okay. summarize it down to. Like, they've got this—the the standard of brothers. Gen, again, generalization. Mm. It's really looks. Uh, generally, like it's about they've got a certain criteria. But for the sisters, it's more deen and Akhla. They honestly mm. overlook the looks. They do so there was like that mismatch that they're just interested. Oh, okay. So this person is like, I don't care as long as she has been and khuluq, And then when he sees her picture, when he yeah, comes yeah. over, it's like. He- you, you know you're too this you're too that you're too whatever But yeah obviously that's they won't a say that in the that's a thing. broader social is a issue
1: thing. unfortunately
2: that is a massive issue yeah, Subhanallah, yeah. because we've got unrealistic beauty standards and i don't know that's i just felt like and then got, it seems like they, brothers
1: like try and justify that because they're like oh well look it's legitimate we can look yeah. for attraction and so yeah. that's our criteria yeah. and we're we're justified in that as well yeah, yeah. So I really,
2: that, that's my personal reflections on why this may be the case. Again, I'm, I can't blame it all on the brothers. Some sisters do ask for a lot of maher, and they put all these, you know, crazy expectations. Yeah, we need to talk about that as well. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's something. You know, it's it's everybody has responsibility here. Subhanallah, society at large as well.
1: Mm. So about that whole maher issue, then, because uh, that's an interesting discussion. So there's like. I don't know, from what I've seen and Sophia, I'm sure you've got your own experience with this as well, there's like two extremes. There's like house plus car plus mortgage plus hundred thousand dollar wedding. And then on the other hand, you've got like super, super simple, like almost not very materialistically a thousand bucks viable <laughs> um mahar as well. Like now I'm talking not even that. I'm talking yeah. like the almost tokenistic Mahar, like a dollar or mm you know, yeah, memorize yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. portion of the Quran yeah. or something like that. So, like, where should we fall? Like, Because we know that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, if it's uh, lesser, there's more barakah, but at the same time, a sister is entitled, like she is yes. within her rights to demand greater. So where should they generally go and what should brothers be expecting and thinking about?
2: Obviously, as we mentioned, the urf, the culture of the mm. place, it's different for every country. Like some countries have different standards and whatnot. But generally speaking, we cannot, even with the maher, the Prophet sallam, did not actually yeah. specify... You know, there isn't a limit. And we remember we all know the story where Aman Khattab in his khilafa time he wanted to um actually put a limit to the amount of maher that woman could get. And a woman actually challenged him and said, Yeah, Amir al-Mu'minin, like that the Prophet never did that. Why are you putting a limit mm. to the maher? And he said, you know, Sadaqat al like you're right and I'm wrong. And he took like he, back, he 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 backed off about this because again, he can't, you know. Yeah. Um so that we can't say there's a there's a limit for maher That's what I'm trying to get to here. So I personally like I do believe that somebody who is financially established, you know if somebody is really wealthy for example yeah. the mahar of that person giving because mahar is a gift it's a gift to the wife uh, a, a gift should be given accordingly to how much obviously like the, the av- at least within the average of what a person is making mm. if somebody's finances are really somebody's really struggling it's not right to ask him to ask his parents or to take credit on interest yeah, yeah. or take you know, a debt or so i think it really ultimately depends on the maturity of both parties okay mm. even if somebody is giving you a big mahar even for is this thing out there? What are you going to spend that money on? Even if somebody gets fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, like. What are we spending it on? Are we mm. spending it on um, furniture and chairs and clothes, things that are really Allah is going to ask us about while there are so many hundreds and thousands, if not even millions of people starving from death. So if I'm star- if I'm because that money is not even his money and it's not even my money, it's Allah's money. Mm. So it's not like I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, take advantage of this opportunity or, or anything like that. So ideally, ideally, no matter how much a person is well off, ideally, We should ask for what we need, you know, for the basic essentials for a wedding, for, you know, basic furniture. Mm. Like the um, Prophet's daughters were not married off with more than 400 dirhams. um, So that was the average at the time, you know. So, what is the average here? I have honestly no idea because, as you mentioned, there are extremes. But we can, you know, when an extreme, extreme,
0: like, what do you think, Tazakul Khair, what do you think about the idea? that the rationale behind the mahar is some kind of protection money in the case of divorce. Uh, so yes. yeah, yeah, there's that, that idea mean, yeah. that if he yeah. considers divorce, have, oh he will goodness, think $100,000 before he's going to issue but that divorce. I had, I the, had the, I,
1: I, the stipulation where in some of the marriage yeah. contracts that at the end as well, if there's an end, there's a payout. So that comes into play as well.
2: Yeah, the, that concept kind of really um, troubles me because when we start talking this way, and some people do, it just mm. feels like women are a commodity that you buy and you sell and it's value. Like I honestly had a couple, you know, a, a, a father till a, you know, a potential husband that you have to pay X amount of maher for this daughter. He was asking for the hand of this particular daughter because she's religious. So he was asking for really high maher. (laughs) So as if he was selling her deen, you know, subhanAllah, like you hear all these crazy things on that point though, like it's going to protect Allah is the protector. I have dealt with cases where the wife will be like to the husband after oppression and abuse her parents. And she will be saying, we will pay you. Just leave me alone. Just leave me Let me mm. exit this relationship You know She's like Take everything Because when it gets to When you're suffering People don't yeah. Women in, in Money is the last Money is the, the last thing On their minds yeah. Absolutely So for you to be mm. thinking That's going to protect Your daughter from Pain or suffering Or it's going to make him think If he's a bad guy I actually don't want him To think a million times We want mm. out That's it Simple yeah. as that Fair Money point, should yeah. not come It should not really uh, You know Make a difference In the decision In any way SubhanAllah Right So if a person thinks That the more maher I have and I put for my daughter, the more protection she has, that's honestly reliance on whatever. That's not reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not how it works. Mm.
1: I, I want to ask a bit more about, um, you know, from the categories of readiness, um, as we spoke about earlier, what about the category of being so we looked at a bit about the emotional, uh, sorry, the financial side of things, but what about the mental and emotional side of being ready? Because I I kind of feel that that's one that's a little overlooked. It's like, you know, I can afford Mm -hmm. it. You know, I'm in a position to do so. I've got a job. I've got this. I've got that. I'm at that age, so to speak. I've got my degree. Let's go get married. But I don't know. I kind of feel like the emotional and mental side of things takes a bit of a back seat, especially for the younger men. Uh, What can we say about that?
2: That's where premarital counseling is crucial for people to figure it's crucial I actually think it should be compulsory personally mm. especially in the times that we're living in um, if it's not compulsory if the shiukh and the people who write the aqd al-nikah are not actually demanding it a person who's getting married whether it's a woman or a man should be requesting it should mm. be requesting marriage counseling through a therapist a counselor a coach anybody subhanAllah because it is then when you you know recognize like I do this pre-marriage I'm not doing it anymore so I'm not promoting it but I'm just, <laughs> just going to share like I used to go through um 70, uh, I used to go through 70 um, major questions with uh, the, the couple. And there are some things that I call red flags. Red mm. flags are things that if you don't sort out, and if you don't deal with before marriage, it's very very likely that you're either going to get divorced ultimately, or you're going to have a lot of problems in your marriage. Mm. And it, uh, you know, and because of Allah, alhamdulillah, you know, my experience in this field, I know what are the things that will create an issue. Like I've seen it happen a million times. So we just highlight this, and I say, look, it doesn't mean that you have to end the relationship. It doesn't mean that you have to leave this person. It just means that these issues. Like if somebody tells me I was, you know, and, and the questions are quite intense and deep, um, and you know, so if somebody they shares with to be me that as they well. had. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amana, And we tell them that at the beginning, this is an amanah. This is aqd, mithaq, ghaleed. Allah, The Prophet calls marriage mithaq, ghaleed. A very strong covenant. Like mm. it's not something you can joke about. Yeah. You can be easygoing about. It's, you're getting into one of the most important contracts that you ever enter in your life. Mm. So that is heavy. And that is important that we enter it with taqwa and with fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if somebody, for example, shares with you, so even if you're not doing you know, premarital coaching or counseling, or whatever. And your spouse, you talk to about your sp- talk to your spouse about their childhood. Speak in mm. your engagement. That's why engagement period is yeah. important. So, um, you know, how was the relationship with your parents? Um, and they may initially be a bit hesitant to share if they were for example, had issues or whatnot. But, you know, in time you could tell, you know, how do you regulate There's, emotionally? Yeah. How do you resolve certain issues? Like you would be able to understand the sure. person's you, style pick from from you pick up certain patterns from answers to questions.
0: Absolutely. But on that note, I just and wanted to say also it doesn't, it doesn't always have to take the form of like formal premarital counseling. No. Like sometimes no. that process where families are meeting each other mm. or prospective spouses yes. are meeting each other, You just put some questions to them and you can tell from the answers whether they're trying to satisfy you or whether they're giving genuine answers. Like I remember, for example, there was a brother back in the days who was traveling overseas before getting married to study for study purposes. And the sister asked him, um, you know, I know you want to study overseas and whatever else, but if I asked you to stop, um, because we need to get married, or would you stop? And I think some of those kinds of questions are very indicative, like do you answer to impress or do you mm, answer yeah, yeah. as a reflection of your values and what you believe? Um, sometimes, yeah. you know, the, the answers that aren't the, the best in terms of uh, creating an impression are the better answers because yeah. because you're just being honest yep. and truthful about it.
2: Uh, honestly, honestly, I do think this with all honesty because the, the discussion is about this whole marriage discussion that we're having is about maturity and readiness. Yep, I do believe if somebody is mature and ready, they'll pick on that. Yes, they will. That's what we do offer counseling and coaching for those who cannot pick. Some people actually can't see these things, it's true, but yeah. generally speaking, you'll be able to tell. Like it's not like um they're just because it's not just that question. It's that with that with their lifestyle, yes. with how they deal yeah. with with their work, with their who are their friends, what's their relationship like with their siblings. It's it's a bigger picture. Rather than, uh, I sisters. think that it's not like that. You, you can tell. You, yes. You know. And
1: like, I think people such as yourselves and others who can offer these kinds of things, um, I think they're critical because often when there's like young people, right and they've gotten to know each other and there's butterflies flying everywhere and rainbows protruding and all this kind of business right mm. their their judgment is really clouded like genuinely very mm. very clouded and they just see yes, this wonderful push. person on the other end that seems so ideal in every way and they're perfect and i can't find a single flaw within them but people such as yourselves then can come and say look hang on you got to take a step back let's go through some mm. questions." and let's identify where we need to actually think about things a little further. Because, yeah, often it can be obscured by, you know, these feelings and emotions and everything that comes out of it.
2: Absolutely. And that's how, that's you know, this whole concept of marriage, I keep emphasizing, readiness and maturity mm. is key. It's not about the age. It's about you knowing you having the enough wisdom and the enough common sense and the enough basic knowledge for you to be able to, you know, see the difference between normal behavior And weed behavior And can Mm. I tell you something brothers And it's something like Again this is not You know Should be off the records maybe But
1: um, (laughs) Let's put it on the
2: record uh, This was like a personal research My own person Like you know Evidence based From my personal experience I dealt with so many sisters Who were either divorcing Or divorced Mm. And I've always asked Every single one of them Every single one of them Did you see any red flags Before marriage Anything Mm. And every single one of them Said yes Mm. Regardless of her educational background, her tabia, yeah. what she knew, no matter how young she was, like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is fair and just. Allah brings things up to her. Allah shows us stuff. And we choose but to exactly, ignore those signs,
0: yeah, and then the repercussions ignore, come. We
2: say no, look, but he's wonderful in other ways, or she's amazing in other ways, but we ignore. Like, look, nobody's perfect. Again, we're not yeah. going to have a, find anybody who's. We're not perfect ourselves, like, but we have to have at least some, you know, the criteria of the prophetic criteria basic standards and then some things are red flags some things are you know if somebody swears at you in their engagement and i've had sisters tell me that he swears at her all the time and like you're engaged and he swears Mm -hmm. he has no respect that's a red flag yeah if somebody is trying to control your every outing and going and where and you know just that's a red flag that's you know these are red flags if somebody to be honest i I would even
0: go further and say that um you know something that seems extremely appealing like the brother saying to a sister that I only care about you, not your family, or something like that, you know. That kind of imbalanced um, yeah, yeah. expression of love and compassion. It's extreme. Yes. Absolutely. Like it's I remember wrong. there was I, brothers who, you, you know,
1: you, you ask them, they're looking to get married, and you're like, all right, so, you know, you just want to see where their mind's at, and you say, okay, so do you see yeah. any potential issues, or do you see some, you know, potential mm. imperfections? And, and they're, they're like, like nah, nah that she's perfect. Just absolutely perfect. There's absolutely nothing <laughs> wrong. She's that's, perfection. That's freaky. And I was <laughs> like, come scary. on, man. You need And
2: again, if, you, if you're marriage ready, you'll be able to understand what is normal, what is not normal, what mm. is needy, what is not. Like when I, the first time I, subhanAllah, spoke to my husband um, before we got married, it was at my parents' house and we had that. And I remember, you know, I had a list, I, had, I actually had a list like, mm. in my head and I was like, you know, he has to pick it. There's a criteria. We don't go into a, a relationship, you know, marrying somebody with that criteria. And I remember him vividly saying that was one He's like one of the most important things in my life. And they will always be, number one, are my parents, my mm, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. And I hope you're going to be okay with that.
1: And I thought he was going to say that su- one of the most important things was a list of questions. And you had that. So No, no, no.
2: <laughs> he said, you know, my mom and dad will always be my priority, yeah. no matter where I am, financially, emotionally, physically, whatever. And subhanAllah, for someone else, if I didn't know, for example, my deen, I had basic knowledge of deen, but I knew that this is a good thing. Yeah. You know, other woman could think, "Oh, does that mean I'm going to be second to his mom mm. and dad? Am I not going to be loved as his mom and dad?" Am I-? So, if she had her own insecurities about herself, she would have been threatened by that comment or by mm. that important principle. Mm, yeah. But for me, that meant that he's a good man. That's an indication of a good man because he knows his priorities.
0: So, so I want to ask you, wa
2: yeah. Sorry, yeah. can
0: you finish that off in the sight of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala?
2: In the sight of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, a husband's duty is for his mom and dad before his wife. So, mm. mom, his parents will come and then the wife, subhanallah. subhanAllah. And, you know, people who mix that up, it's not Islamic and people have to, and again, it doesn't have to be on the expense of you oppressing your wife that you're pleasing your parents. It's not like that. It's about well. balance. So again, yeah, yep. absolutely.
0: Um, I want to put a controversial question to you in terms, Ooh, of, here we go. In terms of some of those um, ideas, like, um, you know, something that a prospective suitor might say to a, a prospective girl, right? Uh, wife, mm-hmm. in that in that, so what would you think about a guy saying to a girl or to the girl's family that I want to marry a woman who has the concept of khidmah to the husband, that the role of the wife,
1: yeah, of part
0: of the role yeah. of the wife, is to serve the husband. What would you say about I that? I would
2: I would say to that husband that the khidmah is on the husband to the wife, not on the wife to the husband, because the Prophet Ooh, in a hadith sahih, Aisha radiallahu anha, no, no, it's based yep, on yep. hadith, I'm not sharing anything from me. Aisha radiallahu anha was asked how how the Prophet was in his house, and he, she said, Rasul ﷺ was in the khidmah he was in the service of his family the prophet our prophet was in the yep. service of his wife so for a, of course i have to serve my husband he serves me we complement each other there's obviously roles and responsibilities um it's not a, it's not a battle it's not but if somebody's going with if the, if the khidma in that person's, I'll be curious. I'll be saying, okay, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. I'll be just asking more questions rather than jumping to conclusions. Does that mean that you I prioritize the home and I prioritize, you know, yeah, and that's fine. A Muslim, you know, you need to investigate that further. Yeah. But if his concept of khidma is that you are my slave now and yeah. you, you know, do not question anything I say <laughs> and you accept the oppression I'm going to give you and I'm going to ask you not to visit your parents, you're going to say yes and you're not going to have a life, and you're going to say yes. That if that's his definition of khidma, then that's not the khidma that, you know, and she has a choice to say, look, I'm happy to, well, some women are okay with that. If you're okay with that, then by all means. But if that's something that she doesn't see herself, you know, abiding to, and she thinks that's going to be a struggle in the future, um, you, 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 your own person, like I spoke about this uh, not too long ago, but the concept of obedience to a husband. Yep. Not sure if your brothers um, read the, there were like so many comments on that. Mm. The concept of ta'at is zawj. yes. Yeah, you know, people think oh, when they hear some sisters are uncomfortable when they hear about this concept, ta'at al zauj, obedience of the. I'm not a slave. I'm not a dog to be trained and obey. Like they people who are raised me, yeah. sometimes we have all these secular ideas that are not in Islam. So, and I do believe that's that for me is very, very troubling because if, you, if you're not comfortable with the hadith of the Prophet or a mm, verse in the Quran, that's, an issue, that's yeah. something for us to check. Massive issue. Massive mm. issue. Just because I don't understand some, if I'm not comfortable with something, it means I don't understand it. I do not uh, fault the dean or the uh, Islamic texts or the you know the authentic texts. It's something I need to investigate. So a lot of these sisters, I do understand why they don't like the concept because they've seen it used in an oppressive way. Okay. By they've the way, maybe- sorry, one more thing. I'm yeah. so sorry.
0: I just want to let you yeah. know, sister. Um, I'm sure you know this from some of your public presentations and so forth. But you know, it's very interesting. Some of the behind the scenes stuff commentary that we hear after these podcasts, um, there'll be there'll be people from either gender who will say. Um, brother, you should have quizzed her a little more when she said this uh she got the wrong understanding of the <laughs> brothers and there's there's people that are feeling uneasy based on some of the stuff that you say, but I think if people yeah. subhanallah just listen to the complete answer because you'll mention yes. you know the Prophet the ahlihi and then you also go on to the other side and say the wife needs to be obedient Absolutely. to the husband yeah. as well it's a balance it's. Absolutely. A, you know, it's to, it- there's two sides to the coin, it's not just about one, uh, yeah. Can it's, I jump in it's with It's not something? about
2: a superior mm. to an inferior. People think that it's so sad when we're using this, like you know, the concept of obedience in a healthy marriage. The concept of obedience never comes up, mm. it actually never, like, you never find the husband tell his wife, I obey you yeah. to do this. Like, it just doesn't yeah. come up, yeah. it only comes up when there's issues. And so, then you've nobody got says, us, like You have to somehow. Yeah, you have yeah. to serve me. Like, who says that? Nobody says that. Like, she, if she knows her responsibilities and rights towards her husband, which is to protect him, which is to honor him, which is to raise her children and his children, which is to not ask for too much and add, you know, burdens on him financially, emotionally, spiritually. And which to is serve it, him. To learn the deen. That's it. <laughs> he, who wouldn't be happy with that? Some that's kind of like, And I don't think that's it's
1: like just- unreasonable. I think most sisters are, especially those married or getting married, I think, they'd be totally okay with that. It's not like an unreasonable kind of set of expectations. It's what they would assume they'll get into when they get married anyway. Um, But I want to chuck in something as well here. Um, So you mentioned, sister, about how, you know, you've got to have your parents as a priority, right? Um, Naturally, of course. But what about those brothers, especially early on in marriages where there's mum and wife dramas, Right? So it could be about wedding. It could be about living arrangements. It could be about a whole host of things. And young brothers then find themselves in this very uncomfortable position where it's like you take one side, which you think might be right, but then the other side's going to say, why are you on her side and not on my side? So, how can young brothers navigate those kinds of issues?
2: Again, unfortunately, this uh, mother in law, daughter in law Mm. issue is just so, like, it's too too dramatic, subhanAllah. And we've kind of instilled this idea that you're going to have an issue with your mother in law before any girl gets married, which is really, really a horrible thing. And a a mother in law is a mother. She's, you know, I think of my mother in law as the mother who uh, gave birth to the most important man in my life, my Mm. husband, the most one I love. And so for that, I honor her, regardless of my differences with her, regardless of her ways. And then I do the same thing with my parents. We don't agree with everything with our parents but we love them but we respect them but we so it's about that but with this if it gets you know tense between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law i think the most important person to deal with the situation is the um, son the husband okay a wise man will be able to deal with both and make both pleased without you know being on the expense or of of you know making one angry like a smile let's say a mother-in-law makes a comment about, I don't know, the cooking of the wife or yep. the way the children are dressed or whatever. Okay. If my mom made that comment, I'd be like, you know, my mom is an older woman. I respect her. It's not a big deal. Move on. Usually mm-hmm. we don't move on with our mother-in-laws, right? Right. At home, you know, um, you, the husband could say you, you, to his wife, reassure her, "You're the most amazing mom. Yeah. I, you know, appreciate everything that you do. Do not take her comments, her, you know, in a, with bad intent. She doesn't mean anything. She's just a mother caring, blah blah blah." So he's the one who, who, uh, <laughs> the yeah. one who embraces her. and when a woman feels that from her husband, who she cares about the most, sister, so you wouldn't change your cooking if that was the case. No, I don't think there are bigger issues in the
0: ummah.
2: Like, for people people to argue, that's a good response to a a mother in
1: law. If she says your cooking's not great, say there's bigger issues in the ummah.
2: No, we're not gonna say that. Uh, you, know, you know, my mother actually said that to me. She said, once said that to me. She said, "Your cooking is not the, uh, according to certain st- whatever uh, standards, the Palestinian dishes." And I said, uh, khalto, auntie, like you know, I cannot beat your cooking. Like, what are we trying to do? Here? Like, you know, Subhanallah." So I just gave it. I'm not gonna. I don't have time to bicker. And why? Why? Let's not. Let's deal with each other. With and again, you can only do that if you have a healthy psyche and mm. if you are not insecure about yourself and if you're. But if everything, my mother. The only time I was actually feeling insecure about any comments that my parents made or my in laws made was in the times that I was uncertain about myself.
0: Mm, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Like I remember, subhanAllah, early in my marriage, I wasn't certain about how to do parenting. This wasn't new for me. So any comment my parents will make or my mother in law would make, I'll take it to heart, subhanAllah. Fast forward many years later, alhamdulillah, I've you know, studied so much on this uh, with parenting, did so many workshops, trainings myself. Now, when I hear this stuff, it doesn't, because I'm certain about what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, when you're certain about who you are. Yeah, you're, you're sure of Like, exactly, as a Muslim, but like now, you know, the more certain your faith, if somebody comes and tells you you're this, this, these Muslims, you're ter- You're not going to be impacted. Yeah. You're yeah. only impacted if your faith is weak, if you don't have certainty about what you're doing mm. and how you're living your life. Indeed. So ultimately, it's feedback for you to reflect on yourself and not be triggered by these um, comments and questions and take them like, you know, they're coming from a good heart. Mm.
1: Well, I think um, we've... Come around to the towards the end of our uh, podcast now. So you sound very reluctant. Do you want no, to talk it's, about it's some uh, other it's things? It's been a great discussion. I've honestly enjoyed it. Maybe we need <laughs> is, a trilogy. There, is there anything I need to clarify <laughs>
2: so I'm not taking. Is there anything I need to clarify so I'm not taken out of context? Because yeah,
1: no, no, it's all right don't worry, you're always gonna be taken out of context. People- Can't change it. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm joking>. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> subhanAllah. But again, ultimately our sources are the- we have to put oh, our course. egos aside and our desires aside and say, Look, what does how did the Prophet sallam, treat his wives? How did he was it with did the Prophet ever say to any of his wives, you have to obey me? Did he oh. ever say to any of his wives, you, you have to serve me? Did the Prophet, like we take hadiths out of context to serve our own needs and desires and egos. And that's not the deen. The deen is based on mawadda and rahma. Yeah. Allah speaks in the Quran, do not forget, deal with each other with grace. Yeah, Grace. It's not even for me. I don't even deal with my husband with rights and responsibilities. You do that when there's issues. My right, your responsibility. Unfortunately, a lot of the marriage seminars talk about rights and responsibilities. It's not about rights and responsibilities. It's good to know that because that's your foundation. But
1: a that good kind of applies
0: more that. in an employment situation when you really don't know your employer. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a
1: business relationship. But if yeah. you want a good marriage, yeah. a you look a, a lot above, you look far beyond yeah. rights and responsibilities, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, the yeah. base. You look yeah. at best practice. How can you be the best spouse absolutely. you can be? And inshallah, get the same from the other.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. But I think if we can just qualify that, It's important for both of them to know the rights and
1: responsibilities.
0: 100%. 100%. But not not, make it about the rights and responsibilities. Yeah, like it
1: becomes a problem when, say, a husband throws his rights into the face of the wife over and over. This is my right, this is my right, this is my right. And likewise, if a wife is to do that, it's not going to breed an atmosphere of cooperation. That's going to, unfortunately, yeah. cause some kind of resentment. And that's not the kind of base that you'd want for a marriage.
0: I think people misinterpret the, the, the phrase marriage contract and they think it's about terms, yes. <laughs> terms and conditions. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, subhanAllah. In a healthy relationship, just think outside the marriage, even with your best friend or somebody that you love. He's or right somebody, here, my best friend. Th- yeah, here you go, mashallah. Like, you don't, I'm sure you guys don't count for each other. You don't say, I got your water two times, now sometimes, it's your turn to get up sometimes. and get me water. And like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but generally speaking, yep, yep. there's no counting. SubhanAllah, once we start counting, it's we really need to, to stop
1: counting, counting bro. <laughs> I haven't been counting, I don't know about you. Get bro. out
0: of here. <laughs> Alhamdulillah,
2: may Allah Alhamdulillah. bless your brotherhood.
1: Um, but yeah, look, I think uh, we've covered. A decent amount of ground. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, I think it was definitely worthy to have a part two. Yeah. Um And uh Allah knows if there's going to be another, but I think we can leave it at part two for the time being. Yep. Um But Jazakallah Khair, thank you once again for giving up your Monday night to have these very important uh, discussions with us and inshallah to um, a wide community audience as well. Jazakallah Khair once again, sister.
2: Wa'iyyakouh, thank you so much for having me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and may Allah, you know, the, heal our homes, heal our hearts, I mean, and heal I mean. our homes, so that we can start really looking at the bigger picture and uh, the more important things, and move beyond these day-to-day, mm. <laughs> you know, think well it's not meant to be like that. It's yeah, not. Yeah. Marriage is not a battlefield. If you're in that state of he did, she said, they did, that's that's we we need to move beyond that. Absolutely. And the best way to do that is to start with yourself and to connect with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Because once you have that connection, once a person rectifies their relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, Allah rectifies the
0: with the ibad yes. with the creation yes. words of wisdom we'll end it on that note inshallah al- barakallahu yeah. feekum thank you so much for coming wa- in yeah. thank you wa-, wa, rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa
2: alaykum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh